part of my life mantra is to have the most joy-filled, fulfilling, magical life imaginable. And there's no cap. There's no cap to joy. There's no cap to fulfillment. There's no cap. And for some reason in our culture, we've been taught to kind of compose ourselves and keep it together. It's like, no, the more you experience those heightened emotions of joy and happiness and, and peace and those really good things, the better. Hey, I'm Harrison. When was the last time you had a deep, meaningful conversation with somebody? If it's been a while, don't worry. You're in the right place. This podcast is designed to open your mind to new perspectives and topics in the realms of health, personal growth, and, well, life. Welcome to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. My name is Harrison King. Thank you for joining me here on the show today. I'm so grateful for you tuning in. We've got an incredible episode coming your way. I... I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And I'm so excited for you to get to hear uh, Dana chat. And if you're here, you know, you're totally wanting to take care of your health. We know that. I've talked about it before. Most episodes. And you know where this is going. Oh, baby. You want to get yourself a pair of these bad boys right here, don't you? Yeah, that's right. If you can't see me, then I'm sorry because you're really missing out on these incredible glasses. All right. I got on my Natural Blocks blue light blocking glasses from Natural Academy. We've talked about them before. You know them. You love them. You might have a pair yourself. If you do, congratulations, because you are bettering your health. And you should be doing this. Blue light blocking glasses are going to help you sleep better. All right? They're going to help regulate your circadian rhythm. Get rid of all that artificial blue light coming into your eyes at nighttime, specifically during the day. This isn't going to fix everything. All right, folks? But it's going to help. It's going to help you feel better. And to help improve all kinds of things, all right? So you want to head on over to naturoacademy.com and use the code Harrison10 when you check out and get a pair of these guys right here, these natural blocks, all right? They got all kinds of styles. They're uh, they're really killing the game. Best quality blue light blocking glasses in Canada, all right? They're blocking out like 80 to 100% of the blue light spectrum, right? And things on Amazon are like 12%. You don't want that. You don't want that. You want to get a good pair, all right? Boy, am I excited for you to listen to this episode. Dana is a highly qualified life coach, but that's just that's just scraping the surface. I mean, she, her story is incredible. She's been through so much um, and she's been really involved in two personal development movements. You know, she's doing all kinds of other stuff, lots of training, other leaders and things like that. She specializes in navigating life change with emotional intelligence. And boy, do we get into that today. So you're going to love it. Um, she's experienced in spreading emotional education as a spiritual practice, specifically through her development of educational materials, public speaking, and her work as a thought leader. Those are interesting things you probably haven't heard of before. That's why we got her on. You know, phenomenal. She's the voice of a thing called Inner uh, World Movement. Inner World Movement. We'll have all the, all the notes, or the, the links to all that down below, and you're going to definitely want to check that out because this is something that she's spearheading and it's phenomenal. All right. We talked all about change. We talked a lot about change and dealing with our emotions and addressing emotions, which is really important. And uh, she's just such a, a beautiful soul, beautiful human. Wow. What a what a, you can feel, you know, the good vibes coming through the if you're just listening through your headphones, if you're watching through the screen, it's you're going to you're going to love it. All right. So make sure to connect with Dana after the fact. Just want to say that right now if you enjoy this episode. But uh, enough of that. Let's hop into my chat with Dana Parker. 
Dana, thanks so much for joining me here today. I'm excited about this one because uh, you are an interesting, an interesting human, and I'm Thank just. You. you said you love talking, and I love yeah, talking too. I so that. thanks. I love <laughs> being an interesting uh, ex- human being. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and you've done a lot of different things over yes. the course uh, of your life, but I'd like you to just do a quick, short kind of <clears throat> let the people know what you've been up to to this point in your life. Yeah. So, I mean, so much good stuff. I'm Dana Parker and um, I have been a life coach and a motivational speaker. Now we're going on 12 years and worked for several different companies. And recently, uh, last fall, took this huge leap into uh, starting my own business. And this is something that I've dreamed of for a long time. I have three business partners and uh, we started the inner world movement. And so right now, We have a lot of things in creation mode, a lot of things happening, but some of my most favorite topics are emotional intelligence, uh, living heart-centered lives, self-compassion. Really, the foundation of everything, though, is emotions. I just, emotions, I think, are such, it's such an important topic right now and such an important topic in our world. It's something we all feel as human beings, but we don't know what to do with them, what to do about them. And and most people don't know they're not the thoughts they think or the emotions they feel. They're the great, they're our greatest teachers. And so they can teach us things about ourselves. And um, a lot of times we can get really weighed down, especially, I think, during these times where things have been really stressful on a lot of us, um, you know, losing job loss and, and this whole COVID thing has put us all in kind of a tailspin of um, fear, a lot of fear, a lot of stress, anxiety. And so um, when we're not taught what to do with those things, they can become so overwhelming and bombard and take up so much of our life, um, so much of our mental capacity that it actually numbs our ability for joy. And so my, my whole mission here is to help people free themselves up to experience more joy, joy filled, fulfilling magic goodness in their life. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I like that you lead with that. Cause it's just so this, I'm so happy we have you on here. Um, I, I would like to start with, we'll see where the conversation goes, but I'd like to start with, you mentioned something in your bio about navigating life change with emotional intelligence. This, this is really interesting to me because I've been talking about change a lot do these little mini episodes and all kinds of stuff talking about change. And during this time, of course, it's been a lot of change. There's going to be a lot of change in the society moving forward. So this is a great chance to talk about this stuff. But specifically, I guess talk about that, but also the whole emotional intelligence side of things, all of that. I want to I want to dive into that. Oh, I love this topic. And it's one that no, when I'm speaking to, this isn't regurgitated information from like a class I took or, or a course. This is like real life for me. This has been a real life experiences where I've, I have learned tools through different avenues over the years, but I am so, I have so much loving curiosity for my life and for things that are happening in my life and for the emotions I feel and the thoughts I think that I learn incredible amounts of, of, um, tools and information that I just love sharing with people. So navigating through life transformations with emotional intelligence, first of all, I think the statement, and and I'm going to say this probably over and over and over again, because I think it's so important to understand, first of all, change is inevitable. It is actually part of the human experience. And so, um, you know, there might be some of you that are listening that maybe feel a high level of you have to control things in your life and change is hard. And I would encourage you to maybe shift that perspective of change, shifting into change as a part of life. and, And I adjust and grow with change. 
And it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. I, I adjust and grow with change. It's easy. And so <clears throat> with ease and flow, I adjust with change, things like that. And really taking deep breaths into those kinds of statements, you know, telling your body that that's the reality. Because when change happens, um, you know, I, I actually, to share a little bit of my story, I had a year and a half that I had so much change that my whole body was freaking out and reacting. And, and it was a really interesting experience. So in... 2017, I recognized that a lot of my life had been built around um, cultural and family ideas that had been taught to me of how to build a life, what a happy life looks like. And I recognized that I wasn't to my core happy. I wasn't joyful to my core because everything was built on what somebody else told me I should. And so I began this journey of unraveling these ideas and really finding who I am to the core and what I value and how I want to build a life. And what that did is, is there were things that I had built in my life, pretty much <laughs> some really solid things at the time that started to crumble because they weren't true to what I wanted and who I was. For example, my work, I didn't feel that, that my the company I was working for, as I learned different things, had the kind of integrity of, of people, taking care of people like I wanted um, to a level which I, I could not keep participating. And so um, in 2018, I left that work. And then um, within a couple of months, we had some investments that, that just tanked, went awry, ended up filing for bankruptcy. And uh, my husband at the time lost his job the same week. And this was that was in a four-month period of time. Um, my religion, uh, everything started to unravel within the religion that I grew up in. And that foundation for spirituality and through religion just unraveled in a way that was I couldn't help it and it wasn't true and authentic to me anymore so left my religion and then within uh, nine months after that separated for divorce from my husband and so in in a short amount of time I had all these huge changes and um, I was so grateful for these tools these these key things and here's some of the key things that I think are so important I repeated to myself regularly. I'm not the thoughts I think or the emotions I feel. They're my greatest teachers. And I started to get lovingly curious when I would experience really intense emotions. I would ask myself key questions, you know, about the experience. What's the worst part about this experience? That gets me a little bit deeper into the emotions. How do I feel about this experience? Getting into those negative emotions. And then this is the key question that I continually ask myself that teaches me so much because a lot of times what happens when we're talking emotions, especially through big transitions, we hear words like fear or I'm scared or I'm worried or anxiety. And those are very surface emotions. And a lot of times what people don't understand is there's a story driving all that emotion. And if you can get to that story, and if you can just love yourself in that story and just douse all of that with love, it is transformational. And, and again, I'm speaking from this is real life experience for me. So as I did this, I'd ask myself, what do I feel like it means about me? This bankruptcy, 
what I feel like it means about me that I'm filing for bankruptcy. And I got to things like I'm stupid, I'm an idiot, um, I'm, I, I'm a bad person for making mistakes. You know, those were the root stories that I was holding true about myself. And again, I'm not those things, but those are my fears that are driving all the intensity of emotions around the bankruptcy. Not to mention there's generational scarcity and things like that, but that's something we can talk about in a little bit, potentially, because that's a really good topic. But um, So when I get to those, then it's this understanding of, oh, that's not true. Challenge it. It's not true. It's not true that I'm stupid. I actually could make a list of how I'm very intelligent right now. And sometimes I do that for myself to show myself, no, you're very intelligent. You're intelligent. So when I get to that story, there's this part of me that just steps into compassion. It's like a hurting child. You know, those things that we hold in our hearts, these stories about ourselves that we're stupid or we're not enough or we're unlovable. It's the, or we're not worthy. Those are some key ones that I think across the board, we all deal with stories like that at one point or another. And so those stories, those need love. They need compassion. A lot of times, you know, especially the beginning of my journey, I did a lot of like, okay, let's get rid of it now. Let's, let's move it out. Let's get rid of it. And and let's reprogram really quick. But I actually have found that if I can come to this space of love and acceptance, that I've carried that story and that it's hurt for a really long time. And I even can feel emotion just talking about it. That love actually does something. It softens. It softens the intensity of that that story because what you resist persists. And, And what I found in the personal development world sometimes is we're so quick to remove things and and say, well, we're getting rid of that. And it's so quick to fix. And there can be resistance in that. We actually can take the journey and make it longer. And so offering yourself love in that story is just incredibly helpful. And so I think those are some of the the biggest tools. And there's probably a little bit more to it, but um, those are some of the biggest tools, I think, that are so important when it comes to uh, emotional intelligence in those times. I I like one more thing I want to say with that is giving yourself permission to feel all emotions are okay. Every emotion is acceptable to feel. You know, for me, I grew up with um, a father and he did his very best. He grew up in a really abusive home and um, he had a temper and there were times where he would just explode with his temper because he didn't know what to do with the emotions. And so I grew up with this idea that anger is bad. Like, it's not okay for me to feel anger. I'll hurt people. And once I started giving myself permission, that's when things just started to flow more of, I have permission to feel all the emotions. What I do with it matters. What I do with those emotions matter. So I have all these things that I use now to help me move through those emotions and and work through those and process through those in a really healthy way now, which is so beautiful. But allowing yourself the full spectrum because you cannot selectively numb emotions. So if you're numbing the negative, then you're going to numb the positive. And just one more tip that I want to add in with this. I know I've been talking a long time, sorry. One more thing that I just feel would be important here 
because when I started this journey, it felt scary. It felt scary to dive into the emotions when I spent so long numbing when I began this 12 years ago. And for anyone listening that feels that way, that feels unsure about that, set a timer, 20 minutes a day. Allow yourself to fully feel, get the right music, get the right, you know, be in your own room where you can be in a private space where you can just allow, but set a timer and give yourself permission to feel during those times. And then when that timer's up, you can set it aside, but do yourself a favor and set aside time to feel. It'll be one of the greatest gifts you ever gave yourself. This is really, really interesting that you're touching on this because it's not something People, we know this. The funny thing about all of this is that we know this. People talk about you need to feel your emotions. But but on the other, like you said, specifically in the personal development world, you know, it's like, here's the next thing to move forward and do this. And not not everybody, you know, but but on on in general, it's like keep moving forward, moving forward. And I had an analogy I used the other day was, you know, if you're if there were like levels to growth, right, say the rungs of a ladder and you have something on rung one that you have still attached to, you haven't dealt with, and you're on eight, you know, you can only go so far where then you're going to have to come back down and deal with it before you can, you know, it's going to pull you back down. And that whole thing about feeling is really, really, as I like the way you said that, and I would have never thought to do, like you said, just 20 minutes, set a timer, set the mood, which is important, right? To get fully into that feeling and just, just go for it. You know, do you think don't, it's almost in that sense, it's a, it's a form of meditation where you're just sitting with, you know, you're just sitting with those, those emotions, those feelings. And then that's when you can really start to see what's up, you know, analyze. And you need to do that analysis of good emotions, bad emotions, but we generally only like really put time and energy into the good things. We try to get rid of the bad things. But I like what you said about if we're numbing the bad things, you're numbing the good things. And we want to feel, obviously, the goal, I'm assuming for most people, is to feel good all the time, right? Or as much as possible. And you can't reach that full potential if you're if you're not dealing with the, the bad things. Right. right. And there's no, this is the thing that I tell myself because joy is a really big deal to me. Part of my life mantra is to have the most joy filled, fulfilling, magical life imaginable. And there's no cap. There's no cap to joy. There's no cap to fulfillment. There's no cap. And for some reason in our culture, we've been taught to kind of compose ourselves and keep it together. It's like, no, the more you experience those heightened emotions of joy and happiness and, and peace and those really good things, the better. But in order to get that, in order to expand that, in order to really step into that, one, you have to give yourself permission. And two, you have to allow the spectrum of emotions. You have to allow yourself. And do you want to know something so fascinating, Harrison, that was really interesting to observe as I stepped back as an observer during this really intense time in my life where I would set aside that time. And for me, it was like 30 minutes to an hour because I could really, I, I had practiced a lot of allowing the emotions and especially in high intense times. And when I would fully allow myself to feel the emotions and cry, like, you know, the, the ugly cry where there's, there's snot and tears and there's noises <laughs> yeah. coming out that you're like, is that actually coming from me? Oh my, oh my word. That is just, oh wow. This emotion is so intense. And when I really allowed myself to go there on the other side, as I paid attention, 
my soul was so fulfilled because I allowed, I'm here, my soul is having a human experience and I'm allowing the fullest of the human experience. And it became such a fulfilling experience to be in it and allow it and love myself in it. Because if, if I don't do it, no one else really can consistently. I can have people show up every now and then that this beautiful, but how it happened in my life, the unraveling of all those things was, I really had to walk that journey and really offer that to myself. So it's really fascinating. It is. And you said about nobody else can do it. And that is a very true thing that people can only assist you so much and they can teach you to do things that you have to then, you know, execute, you know, somebody can't have that experience. So you're talking about that, whatever you want to call it, ugly cry, which is not ugly, right? It's, right. it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing, really. I agree. But this is, this is just something so interesting to me that in our society we don't we don't praise these things and i can see looking back why i guess based on history and whatever but you know that's i, I completely know what you're talking about because sometimes when i find i don't i don't cry very often and i i just like physically doesn't happen but sometimes when you're just like you feel like you need it and it's just that really i mean there's I mean, there's, you know, physiological things that happen and good things that happen when you release those emotions and your body wants that to happen. So even on a, you know, you know, a biological level, we want to, you should be experiencing these things. Don't repress them. Right? right. You know, the chemical composition in your tears is different every time you cry. So you literally are I did not know that. things from your body. It's phenomenal. And it is so healthy to learn how to do that and express that emotion. And so, you know, I, I would make playlists playlist i have a whole place that's called for my heart <laughs> and it's my playlist that like gets me into that place where i can just feel the emotion you know in a place where i usually would go for drives because in my car i felt like i could just express all the emotions i needed to i'm not in a room where somebody could walk in or anything and i just i have full permission to just express and so yeah, it's it is it's a really interesting thing. I, I wanted to point out too the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Part of the reason why we've been we had this history and culture of not going into emotions and emotions weren't okay was because for a long time you know it was like physical wasn't even taken care of unless you worked all day every day and it depended on the weather and if the weather was good enough then you'd have good crops and then you were taken care of but that was really you had no control over that and and so when you're not when your physical needs aren't taken care of it's hard to get up into the higher rings of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs to get into the emotions but now now we're having a totally different experience where so many things are streamlined and, and we have grocery stores and all these, these things available to us for our physical needs for the majority of us are taken care of here, at least in the United States. I don't want to speak for everywhere, but, and so now we're getting up into the emotions, but we don't know what to do with them. And so we need some education in this. So I think it's beautiful that you're talking about it. We're talking about it. And I think this is a, a really important subject right now. Yeah. And you talked to, you mentioned there about really feeling the emotions and, and the, your thing you've talked about several times here is like kind of crying that kind of that space, whatever you want to call those. I also think, and I'm sure you've done it. You take that same thing and you make a playlist and when you're feeling angry or when you're feeling really, really happy or, you know, any of those things, because you need to fully experience those things. It's a learning opportunity, first of all you know, to go through those emotions, how else are you going to learn about yourself? And I was just talking the other day about learning 
you need to really learn about yourself. Basically, everything we talk about on here, that's it always comes down to you just need to, you know, approach yourself and deal with your emotions and and learn to love yourself, which is why it's so important to talk about it, but to to do it. So I'm definitely going to be making a playlist after this. Yeah, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yay. Yes. <laughs> and this is one of those reasons to get a mentor, to get a coach, to get somebody that maybe can walk you through that, you know, and, and get somebody that, that holds that space of, of safety and trust where you can walk through those things and maybe have somebody that can guide you in questions, you know, especially if you, if you haven't really done this kind of exploration before, that could be really important tool and key to moving forward. So, cause I think questions that loving curiosity of, well, first, what am I feeling and why, why am I feeling this? What is, what's going on? You know, loving curiosity. It's, it's an important part of processing because there's the emotional aspect, but there's the mental aspect too, that helps you shift even more. You said you went through a big period of change. It sounds like, you know, a lot of change and more than a lot of people go through maybe just at, at a certain period of time. Now, based on that experience and what you've, you know, discovered about yourself and, and these kind of situations now looking back, two things, preparing for coming change. If you know something's going to happen, maybe somebody's worried about a move, you know, or going off to university or something like that where it's you know it's coming it's going to happen it's inevitable preparing for it dealing with it during and after and then that kind of blindsided you know pandemic <laughs> things people losing jobs all that kind of stuff those are two kind of separate can you talk a little bit about each of those and based on your experience and what you've learned and looking back how could you assist people to approach those in a loving, you know, way. Absolutely. This is such a good question. So unique. No one's ever asked me this. And I love this. This is a great question. And you're right. There are the two different where, you know, something's coming, you know, certain kind of changes coming and happening. And, and a lot of times, you know, we can feel heightened levels of stress, but we tend to, um, culturally, we tend to kind of shove it away, ignore, ignore it until you get into it. But what I tell people so the subconscious mind is so powerful. It sees in pictures. It doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not. It just believes what you feed it and what you're telling it. And this is why you can see these transitions happening and it causes stress in the body, it causes stress in, in your life, and it takes up a lot of mental capacity. And so my suggestion is if you know that there's big, big transitions happening, like a move, you know, moving a home is one of the, the top 10 most stressful things um, that, that we can experience, job loss, um, divorce, things like that. And sometimes those things you can see it coming, sometimes you can't, but, but the things you can't, that, that you can see coming. My suggestion is to take time, again, just set aside 20 minutes, 20 minutes and uh, for a couple of days and my, my invitation is to write out what are your biggest fears in this transition. Understand the stories. The stories that play out in our minds are some of the most powerful things to understand. Because if you can understand the story, then you can understand what's driving all the emotion. And then you can kind of challenge those things or say, you know what? I, I've, I'm, com I'm coming to terms with that. If that happens, it's okay. And so um, what I'll do is I'll play a scenario. I'll play worst case scenario out. Um, I don't go crazy worst case. I go more realistic worst case of like, you know, this is worst case of what could happen. Knowing myself, this is how I would show up and, and react to and move forward through. 
I, knowing that what I know that I'll push through that I'll, I'll here's the people that I call here's the tools that I would I would utilize through that and so I go worst case realistic scenario and I write it out and then I play it out in my mind over and over feeling the emotions and just breathing through it letting go letting go of the emotions it's okay and I'll play it out until I can see the one of the like a better scenario best case scenario so you can take the worst case, flip it. What's the opposite of that? What do you want to experience? What do you want to have happen in your transition to college? And what if you do have a say in your life about what you experience, you know, stepping into that and then feeling, again, I love utilizing music. Music for me is one of the best tools, but utilizing then like I'll make a playlist. I have a playlist for my transition, my transition playlist, <laughs> where it's like, those are my power songs. Those are my songs that make me feel amazing and alive. And there's powerful language and powerful words. And I'll utilize that and I'll feel that emotion and I'll put it, put all of that emotion into the visualization of what I want. Now, why? Why is that important? We're just, we're just visualizing things. Well, well you focus on growth. And what people focus on in our world often is outcomes and actions. If you want a certain outcome, you control the actions. You do these certain actions. Well, what drives actions? It's a thought paired with an emotion first. Any action we take, every single action, it, there's a thought first paired with an emotion. And emotion, I like to say, is energy and motion that pushes us to take certain actions. So if you take 20 minutes a day and you're visualizing and you have that powerful music going on and you're seeing yourself having that outcome that you want, right? It puts you in that state of those emotions and then it's easier to take the actions that line up with that outcome in your life. You're training your brain to get in alignment with what you want. It's so powerful. So, so powerful. So when it comes to things that, that you know are coming, that's what I would suggest. Things that you don't know are coming. Um, that's where it's a day-by-day a, a -day journey. This is where I think self-compassion is vital. Like so, so, so important. And there's a beautiful woman named Kristen Neff. K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-E-F-F. -F, Kristen Neff. And um, she has a couple of... of um, people that did research with her. She has a whole website called selfcompassion.org. And this is one of the, it has tools, practices, uh, guided meditations. It's, it's something I highly recommend to everyone to check out. It's something that has transformed my experience with huge transitions and change that were unknown or unseen. Because when you're feeling, you know, it can cause high levels of stress, anxiety, fear. And again, naming them, just becoming aware, okay, what am I feeling and why can be one of the most powerful tools that we underutilize. Because these stories, these huge stories of, that are wrapped around shame and, and guilt and fear, they grow when we keep them secret and silent. And then we douse them with judgment. Brene Brown talks about this all the time. And so if we can shine light on them and then fill it with compassion, then there's a huge shift that can take place and you're more empowered in taking the right action. Because sometimes when we go through those unforeseen changes, 
it puts us in a state of fight or flight because we're in a constant state of fear. But if you can address, address the fear, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? Offer compassion, self-compassion. Okay, how, and, and deep breaths. And you actually, if you pay attention to your body, you'll feel the emotions and you'll feel them shift and leave. Every one of us has done this. Every one of us has felt anger and it's shifted. Every one of us have felt fear and it's shifted. Sadness and it's shifted. And so we already know how to do this, just doing it intentionally, with intention, allowing it to shift through and then making decisions from a peaceful, lots of, of deep breaths, a peaceful, compassionate, loving space for yourself. Those are the two things that, that I would say are really important. And there's similar tools just once in the moment, you're going to want to be utilizing those, those tools daily because it can, you're in stress. And the other one is just, it's like a pre-clearing <laughs> for future. <laughs> and making decisions from a, a place of, of peace, like you said, is one of the crucial parts of all of that. Because when you're, when you're feeling stressed about, say you've been blindsided by something and now you're kind of all, you know, freaking out about it as understandably you would be, you're not able to, you might make decisions that will cause more problems down the road, right? Which is just going to perpetuate the problem, which we don't want to stay here, right? You want to address it, check it out and move forward. And both of these things really come down to what you're saying. Both of the, like either something that you're preparing for or not preparing for comes down to just really checking in with yourself. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? If you don't know, chat with somebody, right? Really sit with the emotions, think about it. It can be hard when, when there may not be time for it, you know, it might be like, ah, oh, I got to figure this out right now. But, but making that a, a part of it, that stuff pays off, right? Like when you, if you feel like you don't have time for it, if you spend the 20, everybody's got 20 minutes, you know, at some point you take 20 minutes for bed when you wake up, whatever, 20 minutes, it's going to drastically change the outcome of all of that. Right. And how you feel. Yep. Yep. It'll drastically change your outcomes. You'll get better results. You'll get more of what you want. If you'll take the time because emotions drive the actions, which drive the outcomes, you take care of those emotions. You will have better and more empowering outcomes, period. And and again, this is from real life experience. And I've yeah. thousands of people all over the world over the last 12 years. This works and it works well. Yeah. And after all of this, say we've gone through theoretically gone through some change what with the aftermath of the change that you may not have been prepared for because you can't we don't know what's going to happen change is the heart i think the scariest thing about change and specifically if we want to apply it to our current situation wherever you are you know or think about pandemic past pandemic self the scariest part about the change is the unknown part of it you know one of the top fears is fear of the unknown because we don't know what's you you don't know, right? It's, and and if we go even a little deeper than that, it's because the stories we make up of the unknown, right? That's really what's driving the fear of the unknown. Yeah. For sure. So so what I'm saying is that if if you know we're scared of these things and we don't want to kind of even think about what's gonna happen in the future, when you get to that point after the change has happened, dealing with the aftermath of that, whether you're happy with it, whether you're not happy with it, what would you say? same kind of deal would you would you suggest the same thing you know so, sitting with that yeah so here's where i get i get a little bit fiery because i think it's really important um let's say we've made we've made some decisions about things and uh, made some decisions and there's this aftermath because it didn't turn out the way we thought or whatever 
This is where, uh, one, I start asking questions. What am I learning? What did I learn from that, that huge failure, that huge mistake, or that painful experience? What am I learning about myself? I think that that can be a really empowering thing. And, and again, you train your brain to find the nuggets, find the things. For example, and, and I'm going to kind of take this extreme for my own personal experiences because I think it's valuable, but I experienced childhood sexual abuse. And the aftermath of that, as I was dealing with that through my adult life, there were several times where I would anchor back to this, what, what did I learn from that? What did I gather from that? What did that do for me in my life? And again, I, I did lots of other healing and stuff along the way. And this is just one of the, the pieces of, of the pie for the healing through that. But I can tell you that, that that experience, those experiences of childhood sexual abuse catapulted me into my mission and purpose on this planet to coach to get into personal development. It, it catapulted me into that. Two, it put me in this place where I can be in such a place of empathy for another human being who's hurting, who's been hurt and betrayed, like in, in a way that is so connective and so beautiful that I would never take it away. To be able to be in that with somebody and to feel and to say, I know, I hear you is to me priceless and and it, it brings so much value and there's so much love and connection to me that's what life's about it is brought and i talk about fulfilling have a, having a fulfilling life that has brought such a fulfilling connection to people who are going through hard human things for me that it's been such a gift i learned that i'm stronger than than i knew I've learned uh, about emotional intelligence. That was the beginning of my journey because at, at that time, at 23, I had stuffed it all. When I was abused, I actually didn't tell anyone. I stopped and I didn't tell anyone until I was 23. And so I had, that was the beginning of my journey of understanding emotions. I was numbing and, and hiding everything. And then once I started talking about this dam broke open inside me and I was just on this emotional roller coaster. But it's catapulted me into studying about emotions and empowering myself. So again, <clears throat> what am I learning? To me, is one of the most beautiful things that we can do. And stick with that. If you don't, if you ask yourself that question and you don't come up with answers in the moment, keep asking the question because soon it gets into the subconscious mind, and the mind wants to answer that question for you. So keep asking yourself that question. And it will present itself. You will see the gift. So the aftermath, I think that's a, a really beautiful gift. And here's where I get fiery. From there, it's like, okay, here's what I learned. Now, what do I want to experience? What do I want? This is so important. This is so, so important because it keeps us in a space of power for our life, that we're consciously creating our life. And to me... It is one of the most valuable things to, to be in this place where I'm like, okay, take the things I didn't like. Okay, flip them. What's the opposite? Here's what I want now. With finances, here's what I want to experience in my life. After the bankruptcy, it got really clear. 
This is what I want. This is the abundance. This is the flow. This is the energy. This is the gratitude that I'm going to have for, for money. Now I have a different kind of respect for it. I'm going to create a friendship with money now. So beautiful. Every time I swipe that card, Oh, gratitude, you know, and, and creating what I want now. So I learn the lessons. Here's the beautiful lessons. What do I want? And then I focus. It's like every part of me just focuses on creating that reality. And here's what I trust. I trust that the intelligent universe is consistently conspiring for my highest joy and greatest success. And what that means is, let's say 10 years down the road, I get in a space where I, I actually end up in another bankruptcy. What do I know? The intelligent universe is consistently conspiring for my highest joy and greatest success. That means there's something valuable for me to learn from that. So I don't fear bankruptcy. I focus in on what I want. I'm creating what I want. I, I'm, I'm putting my love, my energy into it. But if it should happen again, I know one, I'm going to get through it. And two, I'm going to learn so much from it and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to be better for it. And so those are the things that I do that really like ramp me up and get me excited. It's like when I fall, I'm going to soak up everything I can from that. And I'm going to create something better because of the wisdom that I learned from that. And if it should happen again, I'm going to do the same thing. We're just going to repeat that. And it's going to be so empowering. And that can start to get rid of that fear we're talking about, you know, that fear of the unknown or anything. When you just approach, it doesn't matter what happens. This is going to be a learning opportunity, whether it's good, obviously awesome. Yay, it's good. If it's not good, still awesome. Yay, it's great because now I'm getting to learn something to go further towards what I want. Um, and you can't get there without experiencing that and, and learning those things. You talk about living a heart-centered life. This is the specific language that you use. And I'd like you to talk about what that means to you. And then we'll dive into it a little bit. But heart-centered life, what does that mean to you? To me, I think that that it's bringing in a heart-centered life is is making sure that I'm honoring and respecting what my heart is is calling for. You know, knowing myself enough and knowing about how I'm feeling and, and what my heart is telling me enough that I can bring it out into words. And I actually really do feel, so I feel like the heart is like the feminine parts, right? And that the mind is the logic. I think both are really important. And oftentimes, you know, when I'm coaching with people, there's so much logic of this logically makes sense. So I'm going to do this, that they forget this part. They forget the heart. What is the heart saying? And, you know, it, it became so important in my journey as I was taught, you know, this is how you have a happy life. It's very mind-oriented, very foundationally, like, logical. Here's what here's it the, is. Here's the to-do list of yes. you check these off, you'll be happy, right? Yes. This is why we have so many people that are, like, lawyers and doctors, and, and they they did that. This is what they were, the culture society said to do. That will bring you happiness. And they're not happy. And it's because they're missing this heart space. What is your heart calling for? What is your heart wanting? And there are things that your heart will guide you to do that logic will never do for you. And I'm not saying go out and just like wing it and follow your heart. No, logic's important too. Bring some of that in, you know, get advice from, from wise people around you um, on certain things. I think that's important. Getting outside perspective, really thinking through things logically, but bringing that together and making sure your heart 
that that's honored. You know, in, in 2016, when I stepped into waking up to the idea around my, my life being what everyone else taught me, I stepped into this mantra that I honor my sparkly heart. <laughs> and it became a focus of like, what is it inside? What is it that I'm feeling? What is it that I want? And, and <clears throat> with that, I, I want to bring this in that I feel is important. If you think about the things that you want in your life, you know, maybe there's these goals that you have, maybe there's a house or a car or, or maybe there's some experiences you want to have in a career or things like that, a family. Um, there's all these things outside of us that we want. If you ask yourself why, what is the feeling that that thing will cultivate within you? Then you'll start seeing a theme, a theme of emotions and feelings that matter to you. And this is where I created this from this heart-centered life. As I started to focus, I was like, you know, at the end of my life, I don't know that I'll really care about that big house or that car or, or the career. Those are great, and, I, and I'm going to keep those in my sights of what I want. But at the end of my life, I really think there's going to be this desire to have these certain feelings about my life. And so I put myself in that that future of like the last day I'm, I'm, you know, like 101 and I'm in my bed and, and I have all my loved ones around me. How do I want to feel about my life? How do I want to feel as I look back? That's what matters to me now. And I, I pulled out three words and I created this statement that says, I choose to co-create the most joy filled, fulfilling, magical life imaginable with my higher power. And those are my, that's my focus now. Joy-filled, fulfilling, magical. And to me, that's really bringing in the focus of the heart, heart-centered life. My life now, that's really one of my filtering systems is I say yes to things that I feel like will be joy-filled, expansive for me, that it feels fulfilling and magical. That's what I'm calling for from the universe. That's what I invite into my life. That's what I want. And I'm going to expand that as much as possible because there's no cap to those things. So I guess long story short, heart-centered life, getting to the roots of why we want things and the emotions. What are the emotions we're wanting to cultivate in our life and bringing that into focus because it will create more fulfilling experiences for us. For sure. And the thing is, at one point in time, one way or another, if you make it, you know, you're at the end of your life, you're 101. You're going to have those thoughts probably almost 100%. You're going to have those thoughts of how do I feel about my life? You know, you're not going to be now there are some people where it's like it is the money and whatever. But on average, it's like, how do I feel about it? Even if you were focused on the big house, the cars during your life, you get to the end, you're going to be like, how do I feel about what I do? So starting to lead from that place right now, wherever you are in life, doesn't matter how old you are, you can start now. You have, you know, however much of your life left. Focus on that and because then you're not gonna regret. Regret is the worst thing, right? So you're not gonna you're not gonna regret anything when you get to the end of your life and you're like, I led with this feeling that I wanted to feel at the end. You know, I felt it throughout the journey instead of just at the end wishing I did something else. 
Yes, exactly. You know, you read, I read so many stories of people, you know, on their deathbeds, like, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have made these decisions differently. But if you're coming from that space of emotions, just like you said, at the end, I just, I see it being a fulfilling experience. And one that's like, yes, I lived fully how I wanted to. Yeah. And that takes time. And we've actually covered a couple. We I talked about purpose with the purpose coach a little while ago. And we talked all about kind of trying to find those things that really like you've got your, your three words, all kinds of different terms and whatever you want to call it, but purpose, whatever you want to call it. But you you have your three magical, you know, joyful, fulfilling Everybody has different things. Go through the different, whatever you gotta do, just explore and really get to know yourself. Like I was saying, <laughs> really get to know yourself. And, and when you can do that and lead from that, that place, whatever you, whatever you do. And then the thing is, you know, you said you're inviting those magical experiences into your life. If you get an experience that isn't that great, because it's a learning opportunity to find another way to flip it and like kind of launch yourself into finding another one of those magical experiences, right? Yes. And so there's really no, there's no losing. There's no, no, exactly. When you look at it from that perspective, there's no losing because it really leads for me, those quote unquote hard experience or negative experiences lead to pure fulfillment. Just like I told you, allowing that full experience of emotions for me, my soul felt fulfilled. It's like there is something about those experiences that really create some magic in our lives, create fulfilling experiences that, that can be so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious how you've talked about a lot of this, but you said you were kind of, we're talking about the checklist of things to make you happy. You were kind of there. It sounds like at one point you had done some of the stuff followed, whether it's your parents, your society, religion, whatever. You followed that and then you made a switch. What, what, what caused that switch? I'm curious if you don't mind sharing. I, I love that question. And that's, that is a really good question. And I think it's something that happened over time, but I think one of the biggest things is, um, being in the personal development world, I started to really step into authenticity. What, you know, as a recovering people pleaser and a recovering perfectionist, I found myself performing in life for other people for love. You know, I, I showed up in my life for love. I earned love by being good, being perfect, having the perfect life. And, um, I recognized that that was a really exhausting experience <laughs> to show up for everyone else. And, you know, I'd show up to a party and it'd be like, well, how does this person, you know, how, how can I, um, show for this person and, and perform for them so that they can, they can shower me with love. And so I had this shift take place where I started really focusing in on, okay, what does it look like? So the shift, one of the biggest examples was showing up to, um, social gatherings instead of going in and performing, I would ask myself, with where I'm at right now in this moment, what does it look like for me to show up at this engagement, this experience authentic and true to me? And, you know, some days it was like, I just want to sit back and I just want to feel peace and I just want to observe people. And some days it was like, I want to laugh and enjoy and I want to connect. That's what I was feeling. And I've had, I'd have check-ins throughout the whole evening Am I showing up authentic to me? It's like, yeah, okay, cool. 
and authentic but respectful. I think both are important, authentic and respectful to other people, especially through my religious transition. That's been really valuable. Is show up authentic to me, you know, share what I what I care about in my heart with love, but be respectful of other people's filters and ideas too. And I want to be respected, so I offer what I want. So I think that that authenticity switch for me was a really big thing. And then also in 2016, when I when I that mantra shifted things for me of, you know, I'm not going to chase things outside anymore. I'm not going to be chasing these goals because I'm really good at setting goals and going after them and getting them and, and making it happen. I can do that. Um, when it came to, you know, that shift of I honor my sparkly heart, I, I'm going to step in and I'm going to be me. And what is it that I really want? outside of everyone's opinions, outside of everyone's ideas about what life should be. What is it that Dana wants? What is it that I want? And um, it became a really beautiful and painful experience, you know, because I earned, and I, I still can feel emotion about it. I spent my life earning love. And so painful to then step out of that and to not be earning that anymore and to to have, uh, you know, many in my life fall out of my life and, and many feel disappointed, you know, especially leaving a religion and leaving a marriage that wasn't fulfilling. There's been a lot. I'm, I'm the first to leave in my family the religion and I'm the first to get divorced. It's, it's a, I've been a trailblazer of sorts. And so the painful experience of now I'm not earning their praise and I'm not receiving love through their praise, I'm actually experiencing because I'm so empathic, I can feel their disappointment for me. And then stories became really loud. And that's where it became necessary to step in and to love myself. And that's been one of the greatest gifts of that transformation is instead of relying on other people for love, I'm stepping into, I love myself. I have my back. I've got me. And I honor what my heart is calling me to experience and to do in this life. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. And I thank you for sharing that. Um, and I'm just glad everybody can hear that. Your story. I mean, this is real life. It's not just theoretical stuff, right? No. Like this is, this is all <laughs> this that you've learned. <laughs> yeah. Is that is what you've gone through and you've, in a sense, tried to master it. So others don't have to go through that exactly. as much, you know, you so. Know? Oh, that got me through so much. Can I just tell you? For sure. I, throughout the journey, I was like, I will write about this. I'm going to learn everything I can, and I'm going to teach people because I love teaching people. And if I can walk this so others don't have to have it so hard, so be it. Let's do this. And it would give me the courage to keep going. That's why I coach, because I love, I love so deeply and want to just help people have a better experience through hard times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for everything, for sharing all of this. You're such a beautiful soul. Oh thank my gosh. You. I'm so happy we got to chat about this. Since you're Thanks, talking Chris. about sharing and and guiding others, can you share a little bit about where people could find you and, and your uh, inner world movement? A little bit about that. So um, if people enjoyed this, they can go check you out there. Absolutely. Yes. So innerworldmovement.com. So inner world healing for outer world results is what we're about. Um, a lot of the things we've talked about today 
it, you know, a lot of these things are so wonderful and they sound amazing, but implementing them can be one of the hardest things. And so that's what I'm here for. That's what I love to do. That's what I was born to do. So um, if any of this resonates with you or if you're interested in applying any of this, please check out our website. You can set up a free consultation with me. And I'd love to connect and just hear your story and um, help any way that I can. So you can check out our coaching page. That's where you do that. Um, I also have an Instagram, innerworld.dana, and you can follow us there. We're going to have lots of cool things happening on, on our website and on our Instagram as we move forward. We're in the middle of creating a group coaching program. So be watching for those things. And um, that's the best way to get a hold of us. For sure. And I encourage everybody to, to sign up for a free free day. It's just a free chat yeah. with this wonderful lady. So why why not take it up? That's what I'm just say. I'll put all the... Everything will be in the show notes, everybody, if you want to check that out. And uh, Dana, thank you again for this thank wonderful chat. Thank you so chat. much, Harrison. Thank you for what you're doing to make a difference in the world, to add positivity through your music, through this podcast. I just, it's so fun to meet with other people who are doing this this uh, work together. We're all in this together. And I just feel so honored to be a part and to have had this conversation with you. So from my heart, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. Um, the the chat that we had, I have to say, was phenomenal. It really touched me and I hope it touched you. I hope you got something out of it. Out of it. If, you, if you can take one thing away, I think it should be to really dive into your emotions and, and dealing with and approaching and loving your emotions is such an important thing. So I hope you can do that and an approach change. Bring that that approach into dealing with change and approach change with a good, you know, learning kind of mindset. Like I want to I want to learn from this. Right. Um, Dana is incredible. Again, you can find uh, her go to the website, which is innerworldmovement.com and on Instagram and Facebook. Same thing, innerworldmovement. And all of that will be down in the show notes. Thanks again to Dana for being on the show. And thank you as a listener for listening and being a part of the community. I'm so grateful for you being here and listening. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Keep loving life and we'll chat with you next time. For more information about this episode or the show itself, head on over to harrisonkingofficial.com. There you'll be able to find the show notes, transcriptions, and videos for every episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk About Life Pod. Now get out there and have a deep, meaningful conversation in your own life. We'll chat with you next time.